hello. Um, my name is Professor Ryan, and I am not one of the youth ministers here at Burlington. Uh, I'm going to be giving a talk on how to survive Soul Survivor, as this is a Soul Survivor youth service. So I just realized I can't actually see anything in these glasses, so you're going to have to bear with me a bit. Okay. So there are a few events that happen through the week that I feel you need a lot of preparation for. Some of them are kind of difficult to understand. You need to really get into the scientifics behind it. So one of the first things I'm going to talk about is slicing cheese correctly, because this week uh, some of the leaders brought a massive block of cheese, about um, yay big. And it was quite difficult to decide the right amount to slice. The first thing that we thought when we went in the room was, is it edible? because it looked a bit dodgy. It was a bit too yellow, if you know what I mean. But as uh, cheese contains nitrogen, oxygen, sulfur, and hydrogen, we knew that it was nosh and therefore edible. <laughs> so the first thing, that wasn't even the difficult part, though. The difficult part was deciding the right amount of cheese to go on top of the cracker. Because you don't want so much that it overwhelms the flavor of the cracker, but you want just the right amount that is just good enough, and you can just taste it correctly. So. I would say about this much, proportionally, is too much. I mean, you would end up with this much cheese, that much cracker, which is a no. Um, this much, too little. This much cheese and that much cracker. You, you would hardly taste the cheese at all, to be honest. Um, I think we decided this much overall, which is about 0.8 centimeters. And if I draw a diagram there, you can just about see that it fits cleanly on top of the cracker. It's clean, it's nice, it's good, and I think that's called a dynamic equilibrium between the cheese and the cracker. <laughs> so by forming a dynamic equilibrium between these two materials, we were able to accurately slice the cheese and learn new ways of dealing with food. So we learned to deal with it in the end. Anyway, the next thing I'm going to talk about is obtaining spaces correctly. All of the sessions were held in this massive big top throughout the whole week, and it was like a battlefield out there, because there were thousands of people there, you needed to obtain a space near the front, so everybody was all trying to get the space right at the front, and what happened was groups of 30 people sent about two people to save the spaces for the 30 other people there, so for example, I'm going to draw a little guy here, let's call him, um, oh, let's call him Joffrey, <laughs> Joffrey, I think that's how you spell it. Anyway, Joffrey here, he knows the science, so he knows how to correctly obtain a space. He knows that mass equals, no, momentum, sorry, which is uh, used with P. Momentum equals mass times velocity. So he knows that as there's a smaller guy compared to some of the adults who are saving spaces there, he needs to reach a higher velocity to make up for a smaller mass. <laughs> so phase one, Joffrey has to run through the big top, jump, gain enough momentum that he stays in the air for longer, and then assumes a starfish formation on the ground. <laughs> now, this starfish formation allows a perimeter all around him, and he can save the space of about 10 other people using only one person. That was an essential thing to learn, I feel. The, final, uh, the third thing is collapsing correctly. Um, I think I'll just go straight into a diagram here. Let's draw one person here. Let's call her um, Sarah. And let's draw a guy here. Uh, let's call him Joel for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> now, uh, when some people are touched by the Holy Spirit, they feel themselves about to collapse, or they laugh or cry, or loads of different things, which is quite cool, actually. But um, 
what you want to do is you want to fall down at a 90 degree angle. So if I draw that there, that's 90 degrees. So that Joel here is happy as he can catch Sarah and stop her from falling over as she's a bit kind of, she's not really with it. <laughs> and um, what you don't want to do is fall straight down. That'll be a bad thing to do as Joel here is unhappy now as he cannot catch Sarah correctly. Sarah falls down, ends up on the floor, Joel's crying. <laughs> Just everyone doesn't really have a very good time for this unhappy Joel there. Poor Joel. So for all the Joels out there, remember, don't fall straight down. In all, serious note, in all seriousness, though, um, you do learn about a lot about God at Soul Survivor, and you really feel his presence there. Um, even though you do learn how to slice cheese, fall over correctly, you also really feel his presence and learn what it really means to know God. So in summary, uh, you need to learn how to slice cheese correctly, obtain spaces, collapse correctly, and know God. So, sock. Thank you. <laughs> And you thought he could just drum. Oh, Ryan has many, many talents. Um, next, we've, we've got a clip up on the screen. Nobody really wanted to follow Ryan, uh, so we thought there's only one man that can do that. And um, So we've got a clip of Mike Pilavacci, who's the main man from Soul Survivor, and he's just explaining a little bit more about the whole falling over the spirit thing, and um, no one can put it like he can, so... works with me, and we're all built differently. Some of us are built more aware of our emotions. Um, and Ali, you know, all you have to do is say hello to Ali and she'll cry. You know, she's very, very aware of her emotions. Um, uh, others of us are, are very aware of our bodies, so we might respond in a more physical way. Others of us are more uh, mind people. We're more, more aware of our minds and our intellects. So we'll respond in a more intellectual way. And you know, one isn't better than another. Um, we can all be ourselves. No one has to do what everyone else is doing. You know, the greatest commandment is that we love the Lord our God with all our minds, with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our strength. You know, and, and with, with all the different parts of who we are. We don't want to get into emotionalism, but we're not going to be afraid of emotions. It's part of being human beings. It's part of being human beings. Now, does everyone do that? No. It's always a minority. But because of the noise, we can feel, oh my goodness, it's nearly everybody. It's never nearly everybody. But we can, we can enjoy what God is doing with other people. Is all of it God? No, of course it's not. Of course it's not. It's our response to God. Is it all absolutely kosher? Probably not. You know, there's probably some of us are so wanting to meet with God that we try and help him out, you know? And, 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 and I, I know, like, a, a few years ago, I've said this before, I, I remember when three, young, three lads came up the front, and there were three friends standing together, they were about 14, and they were all standing there just receiving prayer. And after a while, I was just watching them. Uh, the two on either side fell back under the power of the Spirit, and the guy in the middle... You know, sometimes you can know something's happened here, something's changed, so he, something's happened. And then he opened his eye, and he went, and then he went, and I could see on his face, oh no, my friends have gone down, and I'm the last man standing on my own. And I could think, like, what do I do? And then he went, 
And he went down. And I thought, bless his little cotton socks. You know, I wasn't going to go down to them and say, you two either side, that was the Lord, well done. You in the middle, you just made that up. Get up. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. You know, we're not going to be the Christian thought police. If people want to fall down, it's a free country. You know, they can fall down as many times as you want. But if it's just you doing it, after a while it will get boring. And we encourage you, you don't need to. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Be yourself. Be yourself. And and sometimes when people have a lie down, it's like God's presence. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's, it's a bit like having a bath. You know, they're just so relaxed. You're just so, they're so relaxed. And, and God's, God's presence, one of the words, one of the Hebrew words for glory in the Bible literally means weight or heaviness. Sometimes when God's presence comes, oh my goodness, I just feel heavy. Uh, some of us feel heavy all the time, but others of us is when God's spirit comes. And, and trembling can be a physical response. You know, sometimes, you know, it's a bit like God's power can be like electricity for some people. You know, it's like, gosh, there's a little bit of a shock. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You don't have to do that. No one has to do any of it. But we want to be free to allow different expressions. Is everything that's happened here completely the Lord? No, but... You know what? We'd rather have it a bit messy and make space for God than do what we often do in church, which is so want everything to be 100% exact that we just close everything down. There is a saying, it's messy in the nursery, it's neat and tidy in the graveyard. And we want to choose the mess of the nursery where there's new life every time over the neatness and tidiness of the graveyard, where everything is in its place, but actually that it, it feels like you just don't allow life. So, so we're willing to live with a bit of mess, and sometimes it is. Sometimes, you know, we're always feeling like, oh gosh, how do we finish this meeting? It's like, everything's all over the place. And it's like, oh well, never mind. It's Jesus. It's a little bit like the day of Pentecost. I hope that, that clarifies and is helpful. And that's what we want to do. Okay, following on from that, we're just going to hear a few stories now from some of the young people that came. And very brave coming first is Caitlin, who's, it was her first year. Do you want to stand up there? Is that one they need? This year at Soul Survivor was the first for me. I took my best friend Jodie with me, as before, months before. I told my mum I didn't want to go because I was too afraid to go on my own. Being a non-Christian, she was very open-minded throughout our journey and came back with a better understanding of my faith. We both gained a better friendship with the youth and leaders, which makes me feel so much more at home in the house of the Lord. My first experience out of the three was a couple of nights into Star Survivor when everyone was sitting in the big tops while Mike was preaching. People around us started to laugh really loud, which made me giggle. The giggle then also turned into a really loud laugh. Mike told us people were only laughing as a way of release. But at this point, Jodie had started to move away from me, and my whole body started to shake, and at this point, I was either laughing or I was crying. I had absolutely no control over my body. I could feel people around me starting to surround me, but it was like my mind wasn't there. My sight was blank, and my thoughts were with God. It was as if someone had come up to me and started having a one-on-one conversation with me. It was as if he had known I was rebelling against taking myself and opening myself up to him before I went to Soul Survivor. I couldn't see anything, I couldn't hear anything, but I could feel the Lord holding my hand and telling me to let him in. I know at this point I could accept him again in my life. 
The next morning, we were all in the big top while Mike was talking about the gift of tongues. He had told everyone who wanted to gain this gift to go up to the front, and others would pray for them. Heather had turned around to me and said that she felt like she was told to take me up there, so I did. I had not felt the Holy Spirit around me at this point. I felt a wave of negativity upon my shoulders, which caused me to lay on the floor. I started to cry because I felt as if I was being screamed at in anger, and it was as if someone was telling me to stop praising Jesus, and that I was getting told off. That was my second experience. Afterwards, I told others why I felt this way, and they told me it was probably the devil, as he was angry at me for accepting the law back in my life. And I guess all that negativity could reach me as I opened myself to Jesus, which gave him a chance to scare me from doing so. The night during worship, Mike had asked whoever felt the need to go up to the front and commit their life to Christ could do so. As much as I wanted to go up there, I told Jodie I wouldn't do it, as I was too afraid of the other 6,000 people who were in the big top and they'd see me. We started talking about something else, and in mid-sentence, Jody had, to Jodie, I stood up and started walking to the front. I had no control over my body, and it was as if I'd woken up from a blackout, and somebody had dragged me halfway to the front. I carried on walking, as I knew I'd look silly walking back to my seat. I finally got to the front, and I stood there whilst in the room was silent. I knew it was a leap, but I opened myself up to the Lord, and he spoke to me. Not through his voice, but into my soul. He told me that if I committed my whole self to him, that he would never leave my side and he'd help me through my struggles in life. He told me that he'd held my hand and help me up to the front, knowing I was too afraid to go on my own. He had not let me go and he'd held my hand all the way to the front, all the way back. He still holds my hand today and I feel him with me always. I now know not to be afraid to talk to him as he's shown me so much and has given me more in life than I could ever have asked for. Soul Survivor was a life-changing experience for me, and I will never forget everything I've gained there. And I thought I'd go being Caitlin and come back being the same Caitlin, but now there's one thing different about me. Now I know I'm the daughter of God, and as long as I keep throwing my all to him, he'll give me an eternal love and life. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, for you, for those who don't know me, I'm Daniel. Um, but this was my third year at Soul Survivor, and it was a bit different as I went on team um, for the first week I went, and um, as well as going as a delegate for the second week I went. And it was week B that I went on team in Cafe Uno, and I, I was really out of my depth as I was on team with people who I never met before, and I was really nervous about it. Um, but by the end, I felt so much more confidence um, in God and, and who I was. Um, and that really had a really good influence on me for the week afterwards, um, going with Burlington. And, and then I could lead new people, like um, such as Jake and Jacob, and, which was really good. Thank you. Um, this was my first year at Soul Survivor, and I was really looking forward to it. Like I wanted to see my mates in that, so I was really looking forward to it. And then the first session on the first night was really good. Uh, it was really good to see the Holy Spirit work around me. And like I was there thinking, how can this not be true? Because it's just so like, clear to see. <clears throat> um, one sec. <laughs> the second session was different, though. It was like sort of a different sort of style. Like there was no music playing. 
And um, they were just waiting for the Holy Spirit. And it kind of scared me a bit because people were reacting in different ways that I'd, because I've been told that people were going to scream and fall over and that, so I was kind of ready for that. But um, people were just like reacting in different ways. And I kind of just didn't want it to happen to me. So I was a little bit nervous. And um, as a result of that, I wasn't fully opening up to God because I didn't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It sounds weird to say now, but it was at the time. So um, yeah, and that night I was praying and I felt like God was telling me he won't scare me. Like I could like, really feel him telling me that. And after that, I just really opened up and thought, well, I'm here. I may as well make the most of it. And uh, had an amazing time, got a lot out of it. And um, yeah, it was really good to praise God with some really good people. So yeah, it was really good. Hi, I'm Jacob, for those of you who don't know me. It was my first time at Soul Survivor this year, and I wasn't sure what to expect exactly, but I'd heard a lot from others who had gone in previous years. When I got there, I felt well prepared and informed from the others that, for what was going to happen, and as soon as I got there, people were telling me where to go, and I felt guided and involved by the whole group. Uh, that, throughout my time there, yeah. There are lots of opportunities to spend time with the group and bond as a group, as well as make new friends with other people who are also there. I found the sermons very powerful and interesting, and I saw God working in amazing ways through lots of people in our group, as well as bringing more than 100 people to give their lives to God every day we were there. Thank you. So Survivor, we went to the big top to worship, and Mike said, shall we pray for the Holy Spirit? I looked across the tent, and I saw a big light the other side of the tent. I recognized it was the Holy Spirit and prayed it to come over to me. While it was coming to me, I got a bit nervous and, cr- and cried and hid behind my dad. But, it was, but luckily, it was nice and gentle. I now feel different. There's the same things inside me, but one thing is bigger. Uh, Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, This was my second year at Soul Survivor, so I thought I knew what to expect. But as ever, God surprised me. Going into the week, I had been hoping and praying to grow in my faith and draw closer to God. I've always lived the Christian lifestyle, but never encountered God in a way I could feel I could devote 100% of my life to him. I always felt that this would leave me fearing the unknown and distract me from his plan for my life. One of the talks this year at Soul Survivor was about bungee jumping. The speaker talked about how bungee jumping requires a full commitment and anyone who wasn't prepared to fall into the unknown wouldn't succeed. She then explained how God's plan always has been and always will be the best plan for my life, no matter how much I may not agree. All I had to do was accept this and take a leap of faith. After the talk, I felt so excited that my life had already been planned out, even though I didn't know what it held. From this point on in the week, I found it much easier to draw near to God, especially in worship. I found God was using worship to set a fire in my soul that will burn throughout the rest of my life. I'm very excited to go to Canada in January, where I can find out what God has in store for me. In two weeks, my family and I are leaving Burlington and moving to Peterborough, and I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the youth leaders, especially Aidy and Sarah, who over the last five years have supported and encouraged me in my walk with God. They have both influenced my life massively, having prayed and talked with me on countless occasions. 
I can honestly say I don't think I'd be the person I am now in the position I am now without them. Soul Survivor has given me a real taste of what I can expect from Canada. Psalm 139 says, The days of my life are all prepared before I'd even lived one. I'm excited about what the next six months hold and even more excited that God already knows. So last year's Soul Survivor um, was good uh, because the group of people that we took with us uh, were great and we made the best of it. But any of you that were here at last year's Soul Survivor service or who talked to me in about the three months afterwards where I used you all as therapy uh, will remember that there was quite a lot that went wrong with last year. Um, so firstly, we were very short of adults and many of those that did come came full of cold, which they shared. Um, it also rained constantly last year. The site flooded, the toilets flooded, everything was damp. It took us eight hours to get home in the minibus, and then we all got the norovirus, uh, which we shared. Um, <laughs> so that was last year. So as we prepared and we planned for this year, um, I prayed really hard during the approach uh, for God's protection. Uh, because anyone in their right mind would have been anxious about going this year. Uh, but I wasn't anxious. At no point did I feel nervous, even, even when, as we were loading up the van, uh, we saw the forecast for gale, for, gale force winds um, and that the tents would blow down. But I wasn't nervous. And I know what you're thinking, and it's not that I'm not in my right mind. It, it is um, that I felt and believed that God had promised a successful and a fruitful camp this year. And as a team, and some of the young people even, had um, heard promises of healing, um, had heard words of success as a group. Um, so at no point did God say it was easy, but he did say that it wouldn't be as hard as last year. And that became our mantra, really. It won't be like last year. It won't be like last year. Um, and this year was awesome. There was less rain, there was more adults, there was better journeys, there was no sickness, and all of that helped. Um, but the real difference uh, was the people. And all year this year, we've struggled being short of volunteers. And when we could have been panicking, and maybe should have been panicking, um, the group of us have got together monthly and prayed for God to send the right people to our team. And we've really asked that. Um, and... God has honoured that, and, and this term, we've welcomed Joe and Matt Holmes to our team, which we're really excited about, and that is really good. Um, and God did the same for Soul Survivor. We, we prayed that he would add to our team, but not just anyone, but the right people. Um, and that was great, because Keith and Heather came, and they did all the cooking, which was brilliant. And Heather did a roast dinner on the first night with stuffing and Yorkshire puddings and... Um, so I, I don't know how our chili's going to measure up next year, but um, she, it was amazing. And Heather Barrington was back on the team this year, and that meant a lot uh, for the rest of us. It meant that we had time, and I can remember on the first night saying to Aidy, what will we do? What will we do with all this spare time? And he said, well, we could have another cup of coffee, because he thinks big. Um, but... <laughs> But actually, the way it panned out, we didn't really have any spare time. We filled every second with chatting to the young people and laughing with the young people and going to seminars and praying with the young people and crying with the young... That was mainly me, crying with the young people. And 
um, we, we just didn't have any spare time. And even in the minibus on the way home at kind of one o'clock in the morning, and, and let's just take a minute to appreciate the luxury of having someone to share the driving of the minibus with at one o'clock in the morning. But even then, the young people were still hungry for more. Not just McDonald's, but they were hungry for answers. So as we were driving, they were saying, so tell me what the Bible says about this, Heather. And, and what do you think about this point, Sarah? And we were like, wow, stop. <laughs> it's one o'clock in the morning, we thought they'd sleep. But nothing this year was as we thought it would be. So the main difficulty when we were planning this service is trying to think which of the great stories we could put in. Um, Because there were so many. So one of the things that I did differently this year at Soul Survivor is I was at a seminar with Heather and some of the girls, and they said that they were doing a session where they would prophesize over the youth leader for the whole group, uh, for the team and the whole youth group. And Heather said, oh, you should go to that. And, and at heart, I'm a people pleaser. So I said, oh, all right. <laughs> and, and then suddenly I was going to that. And I was a bit nervous because I haven't had a very good experience with prophecy. Because, um, well, I went something a year ago and they said I was sarcastic. And <laughs> so, so anyway, I was nervous. <laughs> uh, you're laughing too hard, Simon. <laughs> too much. <laughs> um, So anyway, I went in there. I wasn't sure I was going to like it, especially when one of the men said, oh, I'm seeing a picture of macaroni cheese, and I don't like macaroni cheese, so it must have come from God. And I thought, right. Uh, And then he said, "Um, I think you're macaroni cheese. And I thought, oh, right. Um, and, And then he went on to say that I was motherly and comforting and safe. And I thought, mm, all right. Um, but I stuck in, I listened, it got better. Um, and they said that God was pleased with the teaching. Um, there were many pictures um, of how pleased he was with the young people and their understanding of God and how that allowed them to cope with the challenges in their lives. And they mentioned the passage that, that they just read. And they said that they were really pleased in the way the young people glorified God and could hear his voice. So I'm not going to lie, I was pleased with that. Um, So I got up to leave, and one of the men who had been prophesying started scrabbling around in his bag, and he pulled out a bar of dairy milk caramel. Now, that got my attention. I was well pleased with that. And he said that he'd brought it for lunch, and that as he'd been about to eat it, God had told him not to eat it because it wasn't his, and he'd have to give it to someone else by the end of the day. Um, So he gave it to me, and he said that God had told him to give it to me because... Our youth group was like dairy milk caramel. And um, the reason for that is that on the outside, it looks just like any other chocolate bar. So you you glance at it, and it looks just like any other chocolate bar. But like our youth group, if you break into it, it's pure gold. uh, Yeah. That's that's what he said. And, And I got chocolate. So I left, just like, wow. This is, this is really awesome. Um, and it's tied in with the passage, man judges by appearance, but God judges us correctly. Um, so on the outside, we might look like any other youth group, but there's something special going in there. Now, you don't have to tell us that. Um, we're always on, on the side of the young people. Um, but I've spent a while reflecting on what that means um, for us and for them and how we can replicate that as... Um, 
this younger group comes up, we've got hundreds of year sevens come up now, how can we replicate that and help them to join in with that? Um, so firstly, um, I think it's because as a group, they are a really close family um, and they look out for each other and they're really considerate of each other's individual needs and they're always there to pray for each other and look after each other. And that's really awesome because that's the main thing that we identified last year as being good about this group. And um, I wrote an essay for college about a year ago um, which criticised Soul Survivor for all the hype. There's loads of criticism for the hype and it builds people up and then when they get back down to real life, they, they can't maintain that, that high level. Um, so when I wrote that essay, we thought about it and we thought about how that influenced our young people and we introduced prayer sessions before we went and then prayer sessions every day we prayed and we chatted about all the things that we'd seen and we'd heard uh, so, so that they could process it and work it through. And that meant when we got home, they didn't have this massive blow and they were able to maintain the happy feeling. We did that last year, we did that again this year and I think that's part of why they're such a close family together. Um, and the second reason they're pure gold is that despite that family togetherness, they had no problem um, drawing in other people and inviting other people. So we took several people for the first time this year and they fitted in and they were included. And um, they, they just slotted in with ease to the group. And I think that's because we journey so closely here at home. So we have Sundays, we have Sunday socials in the evenings, we have um, Emerge and, and other socials in Eternity. And then we've had Romania and the youth camp and, of course, Soul Survivor, all of which have given everyone a really good chance to get to know each other. And um, it's our prayer that these, these relationships and memories uh, will be good support well into their adult lives when they go off to university. Um, and thirdly... As a group, I believe we all moved forward in our ability to hear from God. Now, Ryan mocked the way I fell over. Um, but to clarify, I was skipping with Jesus. I had no idea how I was falling over. Um, so we all moved forward in God, in hearing God, in completely different ways. That was the first time for me. And I think that was encouraging for the young people. As some of these young people step up, to um, start leading the younger groups. It's really nice for them to see that as they get to that point, their journey doesn't stop. They've still got to learn. They've still got to hear from God. Um, and it's often said that God isn't only in Shepton Mallet. And I don't deny that. I agree with that. But um, we work hard to prepare the young people to make the most of the opportunities that Soul Survivor offers. Um, and our lovely young people were worshipping and praying and um, receiving prayer, going forward for prayer with the enthusiasm that they normally only reserve for donuts. Um, you know, the way they were up and forward, it was, it was awesome. And I seem to have reached the point in my life where people ask me what I do all of the time. What do you, it's no longer acceptable just to have small children. People are always asking me what my job is. Um, and I tell them. And, um, and they often say things like... A thankless task and things like that. And one man over the summer said, getting a bit old, are you going to get a proper job? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you need to pray for him. Um, <laughs> but, but often people will say things like that to me, like, oh, 
gosh, working with teenagers, just, that's hard work, isn't it? Um, but uh, it's not, actually. Um, without getting too soppy, as leaders, we've just found it a massive honour and a privilege to get to know all of these young people, and not just in the fun times, uh, but in the heartbreaking times too. And often after the hardest conversations, when I collapse exhausted in bed at night, I'm reminded of the joy of these young people, of the thrill of helping someone to hear God, or the joy of watching them pray for each other the way they did at Soul Survivor, minister to each other. Um, even listening to someone telling me they've made wrong choices or are hurting, I'm reminded of the honour it is that they're trusting us with that, 